0: Welcome to another episode of the Pinnacle Mindset Show. I am your host tonight or today or whatever time you are watching this. Um, And my name is Sophie Dodge. You all heard my voice on the podcast before. Um, And so today on the show, we've got Luke Howard. Welcome, Luke.
1: Hello. Thank you very much for having me.
0: No, that's all right. Thank you for coming on the show. So first of all, um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm Luke. Uh, I'm a triathlete, and I study at the University of Sterling. Um, I'm now 23 years old, going strong. Uh, yeah. Originally from Eastbourne, uh, before I came up here, um, I didn't go to uni straight away. I went about a bit. Lived in Spain for a couple of years, uh, and yeah, and have ended up here. And uh, yeah, it's all going well.
0: Amazing. So. Um obviously you're involved in triathlon um how did you get into that
1: so I'm from a swimming background actually um I started doing that very young um and that's kind of what I did for quite a number of years right through till probably about 13 14 um and I was uh, you know I was swimming pretty well actually um you kind of that underdeveloped age and it was all going well and then all of a sudden I got to kind of 13, 14, 15, and everyone else started growing. And I was pretty late in development, I think. And um, started losing <laughs> quite a bit, actually. Uh, the, you see these big gaps at that age, I think, actually. So then uh, my dad just saw the sport triathlon. Uh, he wasn't involved in it in any way. Um, we just found out through a friend. Uh, and then, yeah, it was quite a good friend of mine. And then I got joined up with a club called Team Body Works down in Eastbourne. Uh, and it w- went from there. I borrowed a bike on my first triathlon, which was um, such an old bike. It, the gears were on the actual tube instead of on the handlebars. It was that long ago, actually, now. Uh, and yeah, it just it all went from there, really.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Um, so it's interesting you say that you come from a swimming background. Obviously, um, swimming as a sport, I think, is probably quite hard to pick up later on. Do you think that's helped you in your transition to triathlon?
1: A hundred percent, it's definitely helped. I see a lot of people coming in late to the sport and swimming by far is the hardest one to kind of pick up. You know, it's all about technique and it's just something that you've got to drill into yourself, I think at a young age. Uh, So I feel pretty lucky actually that I started off in swimming um, because I know it's so hard as it is. So yeah, definitely, it's definitely a good thing that I started in swimming, yeah.
0: Mm, Yeah. Um, So what would you say has been your biggest achievement?
1: in terms of triathlon
0: yeah or in or in anything
1: yeah uh yeah no I think in terms of triathlon um I just like the fact that I've been able to do fairly well in the sport and you know um you know I reached a kind of quite a good level as a junior that was kind of my proudest moment in triathlon I took quite a a drop actually when I was trying to make that transition from junior to senior um and I actually really struggled going from, it's kind of a 18, 19 kind of year old period where you have to make that that move up. Uh, and there's quite a significant gap actually at that point in triathlon, in the triathlon world when you're making that switch. So I actually went through quite a bad patch there and I really didn't enjoy the sport actually at one point. And actually I took a little break actually for about four or five months from it completely um, just to just kind of reevaluate what I would, what I wanted to do. And I wasn't really enjoying the sport for what it was at that time. So I took that little break. Um, and then I came back when I came up to Stirling Uni. And uh, I got straight back into it, actually. I was like, well, I need to find something to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And I did
1: kind of miss it. I'm quite a, I do like my competitive races and stuff like that. So it took a quite a while to kind of get back into it. It took a long period of time, especially like at the very start of my first year back, in my first race back in a senior race, I finished dead last. And uh, through the year, I progressed a lot fairly quickly. And I think at the end of that year, I finished ninth, I think, at the British Championships, which from where I was was such a, a massive change. And I was I was on quite a good trajectory going into kind of into second year and hopefully into racing. But obviously, with everything that happened, mm. that's really not happened. So I've just been training since then and you know i'm you know i'm going well and i mean i'm because most importantly i'm enjoying it at the moment now um again like i enjoyed it a lot as a junior and when i moved that senior switch i stopped enjoying it so i was like eventually i just came to the conclusion i'm not doing this at the moment Mm. and because of that little break it definitely helped me going forward to you know enjoy it and i found i found my kind of passion for it again and because i found that passion it's seems to be going well again so yeah
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, And it's almost, I don't want to say it's nice to hear that you have had like ups and downs, but like it's interesting. Um, What do you think was the biggest challenge with that battle between going from junior to senior?
1: I think uh, a bit of patience. You expect going from a junior age. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There's there's some juniors out there which can just do it. They're top of their game as juniors, and they just go to being top of the game as seniors. But it's actually that's not necessarily the case, especially now in such a it's such a hard sport. Um, for me, uh, I think it's just because I was doing so well as a junior, I was on quite a high, and all of a sudden I was coming like, you know, I was finishing as, in my last year as a junior definitely top 10 in British races. And I was going from there into senior races, finishing 40 odd. Uh, just because yeah. of the development, it wasn't, it's, it's a switch and I did not cope with it very well. And uh, there's quite a big ga- uh, jump in training when you go from school age into university mm-hmm. age. I obviously didn't go straight to university. Um, maybe if I had, it would have been a bit better because I would have surrounded myself with other people that, which were kind of making that jump. You know, at school I was doing maybe... I was doing so much at school in sports wise actual training for triathlon was maybe, I don't know, 13, 14 hours, but I was also doing sports around that. But then if you really want to make it in triathlon, obviously you have to put in dedicated, well, at least, at least 22 hours, I'd say. Um, so eventually I came up to Sterling, like I said, and because I was surrounded by people that were putting in up to 25, even beyond that hours, it, uh, it gives you that mindset that you want to be do the same, uh, so that's definitely how I progressed. But yeah, as I was saying, sorry, the uh, the hard part was just making that jump, you know, it's the same for everyone at that age, mm. I think. yeah. No, I, I
0: definitely understand that. Um, so what drew you to Sterling
1: to Sterling? Uh, completely, it was definitely the setup, um, the triathlon setup. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't really come here for the course, I, I did for the course, I, def- I definitely enjoy what I'm doing like on the course, but. Um, quite a big goal of it was the triathlon because I knew at that point I wanted to get back into it. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't really like being unfit, and I'm pretty sure I wasn't chubby, but I felt chubby. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, I I just saw the setup here. There was a lot of good guys up here. Mark Austin, I think he'd won. He just won bronze actually at the Commonwealth Games, and I was like, well, there's lots of people up there, and. uh, I also didn't want to go to more, one of the general kind of ones. Sterling's definitely grown actually since I've got here, but before mm. it was Loughborough, Leeds, uh, maybe Bath and that was it. It was those ones you go there or it's not really known center. So I'm actually quite glad that I joined this center and I've kind of, since uh, Andrew Woodruff, my coach kind of took over, it was kind of a reset of the whole thing. I think the guys like Mark Austin and Ferg Roberts and et cetera, had kind of moved on at that point And it was just kind of a, the big reset for everyone and I was there from the start which I'm quite glad
0: mm, yeah and, and the facilities anybody... as well I should, I should oh yeah I should
1: mention the facilities as well like they are actually top class and they I still think they're incredibly underrated actually people just think Scotland in their mind sometimes if you're coming from England especially and they go well I'm not going all the way up there but I don't really know why because one you've got the facility is just as good as Loughborough and Leeds probably mm. better I'd say I'm gonna have to say that aren't I but and also, it's not overcrowded. Like Leeds, mm. Loughborough, there's so many yeah. people in those places. Up in here in Sterling, you feel like you're actually noticed. I'm not sure. I've heard things from people you don't feel noticed in those bigger setups.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And without turning this into a Sterling Uni prospectus, I do <laughs> genuinely think that like Sterling is one of the most beautiful places in the UK. Um, mm. So we talked a little bit about your biggest achievement um what would you say has been your biggest challenge
1: biggest challenge um just kind of in my life just finding out exactly what i wanted to do going from school onwards you know what i actually wanted to do in my life i think you know it's when you're at school it's so easy everything you've got everything around you and then all of a sudden you're kind of plonked in the world um, as I said, I didn't even go straight to university. So I just went and worked in a hotel in Spain. And over that year, I did enjoy it. I was in Spain, you know, I was getting a great tan and it was good. <laughs> but at the same time, I was thinking, like, I was seeing everyone on university degree courses from my school and I was like, oh, they will know exactly what they want right now. And I didn't have a clue. Like, Triathlon wasn't going very well. And I was like, what am I going to do here? Like, I don't really know where, where I am. Like, so. I mean it was over that kind of two year period I was there actually that it took a year to really sort of work it out I'm quite glad actually I went there in the end because it I was away from everything and I was able to work it out for myself what I wanted to do going forward um, mm. and it seems to now at least it's turning out pretty well
0: yeah yeah no I think that's amazing but so you said that you went away to Spain for a year mm. um mm. what why <laughs> What drew you to Spain? Why did you go to Spain?
1: It, it was a bit of both, a bit of, I didn't want education. I was kind of a bit sick of it. I was a bit like, oh, I've done my levels. Um, i want a break. So, uh, it was, I went to play Spaniola's, which is near Girona, which is a really nice place for triathlon. The place I went to was a hotel specifically for cycling and triathlon. I was like, all oh, right, that sounds pretty cool. It was almost like my little gap year actually. Um, and I was kind of using it as a way of trying to change up my whole training as well. I left the club. I was at body works to, you know, cause I, as I was saying, it wasn't going very well. I was like, well, maybe I'll try something new. Um, so I did try that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, <laughs> it wasn't really any reason for it. I just wanted something different and I didn't want to go straight to university. Cause as I said earlier, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do, you know, for the future really.
0: So, mm. Um, so what would you say is your biggest goal at the moment in terms of triathlon and maybe in terms of life in general?
1: It's a hmm. very
0: big question.
1: I um it's a very, very big question. Um <laughs> uh obviously at the moment my quite a lot of my focus is just surrounded with triathlon. Um I don't want to keep going on about triathlon all the time, but it kind of <laughs> is like. I don't want to look too, too far into the future because that's such a long, long time away. Mm. My short-term goal is, I keep it a little secret. I don't like shouting out about it because that's like the way I am, but I want to try and qualify for the Commonwealth Games. So I kind of keep that under myself and I just use that as uh, my short-term goal. Like I don't really like setting too long long-term goals because yeah, as I was saying, it's too far in the future. So
0: Mm.
1: that's my short-term goal. Um, and also getting the degree at the same time, which yeah. will hopefully be on triathlon because triathlon isn't going to last forever, at least from a um, performing side. Uh, you know, getting the degree to do you
0: do something see later. yourself? Do you see yourself as one of these granddads who's like proper still doing triathlon?
1: Me, no, no, not at all. I, <laughs> I don't actually. I I know when I'm finished with this sport that I'll be done competing. I, I would definitely want to go. I'm sure I'll, I'll maintain like some, I'll definitely maintain fitness, but mm-hmm. like, uh, I want to put it into something else. I think tire effort, cause you spend so many hours doing it. Yeah, I've definitely used up all my hours in triathlon by the time I finish. I know that for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So moving forward into the here and the now, um, how would you mm. say the pandemic has affected training?
1: towards that goal yeah Yeah, so right at the start i didn't really expect it to get as big as it did so it kind of just happened i didn't really ever like it was kind of february and i was like oh something's happening obviously and i was like we were just carrying on as normal and then it got to march and then it was all of a sudden really real that we were actually literally not going to be able to swim i still didn't really believe it and um so yeah we went went off and did our own thing and i just kind of carried on we all went straight into started like the next three months with such a positive mindset that this wasn't going to last. Mm. I mean, maybe we would get back towards the end of summer. So we just went on and on and on. And that eventually got really long. I think it was around June time. I think, yeah, it was June and I started to get really tired and I was like oh, this isn't actually going to happen. And I think a lot of people in the squad started, we were having all these zoom calls and meetings at the beginning, really trying to keep it upbeat and it did get tiring. It didn't, fizzled out for sure because everyone Mm. knew that nothing was really going to happen anytime soon so I then actually made a goal of trying to break 15 minutes in the 5k that was the first one Um, because I had to make something a goal because I was just like I felt like I was just training for no reason so I made that goal spent six weeks going towards that um, and actually I did it I went under 15 so I was pretty happy and then at the end of that I was like well that's it. And then I actually had this quite big drop. I was like, right, I really am kind of getting sick of this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was on furlough from my part-time job. The week, weeks were just going by and by and I really wasn't doing much. Um, and I actually kind of had a two week break at that point from triathlon. Well, cycling and running at least. I think I did a little bit here and there, but just, uh, I was just doing other things. Not that you could do much, but I was going for walks here mm-hmm. and there. And then I started to try and kind of pick it up a little bit slowly. Um, and again, I was getting a bit like, oh, what am I doing? And then I decided to make up this, this challenge um, to cycle the North Coast 500 uh, for Cameron Main, who's uh, kind of chairman of his sister's charity, the Abbey Sparkle Foundation. Because um, I'd started watching loads of YouTube, obviously, during lockdown because, you know, there wasn't much else to do. And I saw this <laughs> kind of cycle around the North coast 500 on GCN I was like, I'm going to do that. Um, and I just, I just said it and, um, I didn't really actually expect to do it. And then all of a sudden it became a bit more real. I was like, cause it was at the point where the lockdown had kind of started easing and people could do a bit of traveling.
0: And mm-hmm. so I was
1: like to my parents, oh, do you want to come around the North coast 500 with me? I'm going to cycle it, uh, over three days uh and we literally just went for it within a week we just planned it uh we just camped along the way we didn't need to book hotels or anything like that so just hired a car up here they came up from eastbourne and we went around and uh documented it a little bit on film and via social media and it got quite a bit traction and then managed to raise some money for the charity which was uh making something out of nothing really
0: um, yeah
1: so that was good and then uh yeah, it came down to winter again, and that was the point where it was a bit hard again. You're like, oh, a whole nother winter mm. of training before we can race again, which we still don't even know if we're actually going to get to race at this point. Um, so at that point, again, it was a bit like, and I hadn't swum for months either. Um, so I think um, I didn't get back into the pool straight away. with the other guys. I had to wait for, for another exemption because I've eventually got an exemption actually to swim. So it was November, I think I got in, um, and we—I was swimming for that swimming then. Uh, yeah, that went went on. It took me a long, long time to find any sort of stroke again in the pool. Mm. Um, it, it just felt a bit weird. And then come January, fitness started to build. I'm um, now in 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 an okay place. I feel very fortunate and extremely lucky that I've been able to swim because. I can't quite like fathom that other people have had to go through another six, seven months of like li- literally not swimming or gymming and stuff like that. I actually, at one point, I felt quite sorry for people <laughs> mm-hmm. that they've had to go through that because it was obviously quite hard for that first well, nine months that I wasn't able to have a normal routine. So I've tried to make it as normal as possible as it is at the moment. Obviously, university is still online. But admittedly, I've been able to get some sort of routine, which has definitely made it a lot easier for myself over the past six months.
0: Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, so you said that you were obviously working towards this goal of 15 minutes. And do you think, mm. obviously, it's very common that people have, I don't know, like the Olympic blues, or after they've been going for a goal, they're like, well, what am I going to do next kind of thing? Do you think that that played a big part in your like mood drop?
1: Oh, yeah, it did. Uh, as I was saying as well, before I was like, I need short term goals. Mm. I need something to aim for because I just feel like there's no purpose then. Mm-hmm. Um, something like traveling is such a big purpose in my life and in other people's lives. Everyone has their own, little whatever it is that they do, they have their own little purposes and goals. Otherwise, you just feel a little bit lost, you know, you don't feel like you're going anywhere. So for me, that's a really important thing um to have a short um well short term and long term goal really just because then you have a sort of something to aim for and to work towards mm-hmm. and i just think that keeps you in a good state of mind otherwise you can just get so you can get quite down i think if you've you've not got anything and i mm-hmm. think i probably did i felt a bit like that actually at yeah, so at points um i was a bit like oh what am i doing with my life like but mm-hmm because everything's always been there to, to work towards. So finally, yeah, event, it, we were, I worked it out in the end by doing, making these short-term goals.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so how you said that, obviously I know that you're a uni student, um, and obviously triathlon's a big part of your life. How do you go about balancing the two?
1: Uh, very erratically. I also have a part-time <laughs> job as well. Um, because I am fully like pretty fully self funded pretty much apart from a small scholarship that I get through santander um but uh yeah I'm doing twenty to twenty five hours of training a week yeah I've got university and I've got my job, so literally it all comes down to organization if i'm not organized i and don't get me wrong, it goes wrong sometimes I don't always get it right i've put myself yeah in december uh just gone. Uh, coming towards the end of the kind of modules for that semester I was really all over the place like training was not going well for a couple of weeks not that it wasn't obviously I I had a couple of like literal sleep sleepless nights trying to get the work done like sometimes it's not very enjoyable Uh, and that's probably because a couple of weeks earlier I decided not to do something and so I got this backlog so yeah for me combining it all it's literally I have to stay on top of it and keep myself motivated at all times um it, it can get really hard sometimes but then at the end of the day I know if I can just get to the end of that kind of segment I call it once I'm over that other side like it, it's almost like a rock's lifted off your shoulder so I just mm-hmm. I just plow through it and trying to try and get to the end of it and then I always, it always works out in the end like everyone's always panicking you always seem to panic about things but it always goes right in the end i kind of realized so that's just how i balance it keep organized as best yeah. as i possibly can right.
0: amazing so um my last question for you anybody listening who has listened to other episodes um with me is the same question i ask at the end of every single episode um if you could invite three people for a dinner party um in an alternate universe where COVID doesn't apply and they can be coming back from the dead. Um, what three people would you invite?
1: Uh so I'll start off with a sporting one. Uh just go to triathlon because that's that seems to be engulfed with, but uh it's called Javier Gomez. Um he's a Spanish athlete actually. I should probably be saying a UK athlete, but uh Javier Gomez just because of his kind of graciousness across the line and he's been there since the very start of the sport and he's now kind of 35 and people have always like I think at this point have put him put him aside saying you're too old for like this kind of short course distance and he's still going going strong and I'd honestly just love to sit down with someone like that and just hear his whole experience he's been Olympic silver medalist multiple world champion just someone like I'd just love to know how he has maintained this consistent top level, like year in, year out, injury-free, um, just kind of getting insight into probably the, the, one of the greatest triathletes in the world. My second one, I've, uh, my next two are actually musicians. Uh, my first one's Chris Martin, the uh, lead singer of Coldplay. There's Coldplay are probably my favorite band and uh, I just like their music. It's kind of really uplifting music, I think. And uh, me get. What, what, it's what gets me through a lot of sessions. So I just sit down with him and because they're always quite a happy band as well. Like I kind of like that positive band and it's good to just get the positive kind of things out of people. And so that's why I'd want to sit with him. And then Elton John is my other musician. I also like older music quite a bit, um, 80s and 90s. So I'd also like to sit down with him because he's through, he's been through quite a lot throughout his whole career as well. I think, you know, he's had like ups and downs throughout his whole time there uh and yeah i just love him to uh, be pretty cool if i could uh i play the piano a bit as well so i'd be cool to play to him one day
0: (laughs) yeah that'd be epic um cool so thank you so much for um coming on the show if people wanted to um get in touch ask you some questions about maybe triathlon about um how you balance um uni life where would they find you
1: uh, well, my social media is uh, well, on Instagram. I'm Luke Howard 97 That's probably the best way to find me on social media wise. I also do, I'll shout out my own little podcast. So I'm obviously, I'm on the other side for once, which is a little bit different, but uh, I do a podcast called the Tri Nation Podcast. I do that with my coach, Andrew Woodruff here at Sterling Uni. Um, and that's kind of an insight into top uh, pro, pro level athletes uh, in the triathlon world and uh, other sports. We've had Duncan Scott on the swimmer. Um, so, if you want to kind of listen to them or check out the website, the website's is trination.com. Uh, and as I said, the podcast is um, the Trination podcast, and the social media for that is Trination Try. So, yeah.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been amazing to pick your brains. Um, and to anybody listening, please, please be sure to like, share, um comment do all the usual stuff subscribe if you're on youtube um and have an amazing day